grossly overweight yet good-hearted Professor Sherman Klump takes a special chemical that turns him into the slim but obnoxious Buddy Love. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Ruining Our Our Childhood. A nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000 movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards. That's true. That is how we wrote that. Yeah. And I, I, I just was thinking that we wrote that, but we've done 80s movies. Yeah. Technically. So. They're few and far between, though. That's true, because yeah. we were born in the 80s. Mm-hmm. In the later 80s. I'm mid, st- I was early. Say, yeah. I mean, I was on the front half of the decade. I was in the back half. Hey, now. <laughs> I don't know. Gross. Um, hi. How's it going, guys? I hope you are having a good, or you guys had? Had. Mm-hmm. A good holiday weekend, whether you chose to celebrate or not. Which we did not. We, I mean, we just kept it low key. Yeah. As you should in this pandemic. I think uh, this was a rare exception where I wasn't annoyed with people getting together. I was annoyed with people shooting fireworks off. Yeah, our poor dogs. They do not like them. Yeah, I mean, not not a lot of dogs do. Mm -mm. Unless they're like really desensitized to it. But yeah, no, our poor babies. Yeah, they were very sad. So, yeah. Do you want me to take a trip down memory road and tell them about the movie? Yeah. Okay. Oh, but should we say what the movie is? Yes. <laughs> this week, we're doing the 1996 classic, and that's crazy to me. I feel like this movie is not that old. I think in my head, I thought it was like 1999. Yeah. But it's the 1996 classic, The Netty Professor, starring Eddie Murphy, which is a remake of a Jerry Lewis movie, correct? Mm-hmm. So The 1963 Jerry Lewis movie, oh. which was based on the 19, or correction, 1886 novella, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I don't know if I, I mean, it makes sense, but I never knew that it was basically like a, a take on Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde makes yeah. sense. It makes sense, wow. but I didn't know it you either. You just blew my mind yeah. Yeah. with that. Anyway, go ahead and hit us with some facts. I will do that. This movie was released on June 28th of 1996, and it had a budget of $54 million, and it grossed $274 million. Popular TV shows from 1996 are the usual suspects of ER, Seinfeld, and Friends. <laughs> The usual suspects. Um, the number one song the week the movie uh, the movie came out was Bone Thugs and Harmony, The Crossroads. A couple other popular songs were Los Del Rio, The Macarena, and Black Street featuring Dr. Dre, No Diggity. And popular movies were Ransom, 101 Dalmatians, and the Nicolas Cage classic, The Rock. Those are movies. 1996. We've done this year. For sure. Off the top of my head, I can't think of any of them. But 
I know we've done movies from 1996. Scream, I think. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, 1996. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing this movie in theaters, but I do remember renting it. And I remember kids talking about it at school and quoting it a lot, especially his family scene. Yeah. And that was like, basically me going into the watching, like renting the movie was... The fact that this movie is going to be really hilarious because Eddie Murphy is once again playing multiple characters mm-hmm. and in fat suits and uh, being hilarious. Hilarious. I saw it in theaters. Oh. Um, we had just moved to Arizona. Like, nice. And the first weekend we lived here, my mom and aunt took us to go see it. Nice. And really enjoyed it i remember like laughing my butt off and then when it came out on video we had it on vhs right but you brought up a good point about kids quoting it like i just remember the hercules thing yes for sure Mm -hmm. to to a nauseam point i think oh yes yeah yeah i felt like there was a tv show we watched recently where the kids would be quoting something and the one kid was like a week behind so then he would go see what everyone was talking about and they had already moved on to the next thing what were you watching where that was a plot point i don't remember i don't know yeah we'll think about it and we'll totally forget and somebody's probably screaming it out right now because yeah it was very recent we watched it it had to have been something wow that's gonna bother me yeah anyway let's move on (laughs) sorry what was your first eddie murphy movie if i had a i would imagine it was probably coming to america okay yeah because like i remember it being on usa a bunch but the first one that i remember renting was beverly hills cop 3 because also eddie murphy it seemed like didn't do a lot of family friendly movies very true he did a lot of more edgier stuff and i remember seeing previews for beverly hills cop 3 and me and my brothers really hounding my mom to let us rent it you hadn't seen the first two? Nope. That's so had weird. I not seen it. You, that's weird. So, you know what's funny is people crap on Beverly Hills Cap 3. I love it. Yeah. Like, because it was the first one you saw. First one I saw. And then I've, you know, since seen the first and second, and they're great movies too. But I'm one of those people that are like, I'm like, why are you crapping on that movie? It's great. It's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you saw the first two first. Which I, are really good. Yeah. The first one, I think, was the highest grossing movie, an R-rated comedy for like 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was, uh, I think Beverly Hills Cop 1 was the first Eddie Murphy movie I saw. And then my dad, and we've talked about it, my dad's classic VHS tapes that mm-hmm. where he record movies off TV. He had The Golden Child, which was a one that I'd watch a lot, mm-hmm. me and my brother. And then maybe 48 Hours. Okay. But I don't really remember that one, so I didn't watch it as much Mm. as, like, Golden Child and Beverly Hills Cop. Definitely Coming to America, but I think Coming to America I watched a little bit later, um, like, when I was maybe in middle school, and then going, oh, it's Eddie Murphy. Yeah. I I don't know how I even got into Coming to America other than it was on TV all the time. It it was. Like, on USA? Yeah. TBS, maybe? Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. And they, it seemed like maybe TBS owned the rights to five movies, and two of them were Crybaby and Coming <laughs> to America. <laughs> so I watched both of those movies a lot as yeah. a kid. Yeah, 
for sure. I would say like this was kind of a launching point for me to get into Eddie Murphy movies. So then I started watching a lot of his earlier work. And then after it, he was still doing family friendly stuff like Dr. Doolittle, which I remember seeing, which was the other one for our poll. And then I saw the SNLs. Yeah. Like I kind of was all over the place on my appreciation for Eddie Murphy. Well, because you were, and when he was on SNL. I was, I think he had left SNL before I was even born. Yeah. Yeah. So it would make sense. And I mean, Comedy Central would show, and I think Comedy Central is another one that would play Coming to America a lot too, by the way. Probably. They would show like old SNLs and that's how I saw some of those older episodes. No, that's definitely how I saw them. Like during the summer, I would, I felt like have Comedy Central on. Constantly. all day because Same. yeah they were showing the mike myers snls and the adam sandlers and then i remember they went to the earlier stuff randomly but they skipped over like the chevy chase and dan Aykroyd's and yeah. went right to the eddie murphy ones and i remember just laughing my butt off yeah. at him i know you're really excited when he hosted this last year yeah and it, it was a good episode it was and I feel like he hasn't done, uh, he hadn't done a lot the last few years. He kind of took a little bit of a break, but then he came back with Dolomite, which was yeah. really well acclaimed, and he got nominated for, I think, a Golden Globe. Yeah. And I think he's one of those people, like, maybe it was a whole other generation is going to learn to appreciate him now again. I don't know if we've ever really discussed it, but, I mean, we have, because we've talked about it with, like, in the cases of Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler, like, eventually you're going to hit a rut. Mm-hmm whether you just start taking every role but i mean like think of all the string of movies like in the late 90s and early 2000s where they weren't that great yeah of his now i think of like metro and vampire in brooklyn yeah and some of those yeah where yeah they weren't great movies yeah pluto nash oh i, I think i did see pluto nash and i saw norbit i saw norbit yeah yeah norbit cost him a academy award they say yeah because he he won the Golden Globe for Dreamgirls, and he's fantastic in Dreamgirls. Uh, he is my, one of my favorite parts in Dreamgirls. And then they put out Norbert right before the Academy Awards, and they said it basically made people not vote for him, which is just insane. Shitty? Yeah, real yeah. shitty. Do you think this movie is going to hold up? I honestly don't know. <laughs> because I, I think I'm going to laugh a lot, but I know there's going to be a ton of body shaming and fat jokes oh, that sure. are going to make me feel uncomfortable. I was just thinking about it, and I'm like, will it be as cringy because it's making fo- fat jokes about guys, which is kind of sexist mm-hmm. for me to think, like, it's okay to make fat jokes about guys and not girls. But, I mean, if I think about the whole process of the movie is that he does learn to accept himself because the buddy love character it turns out to be, like, a douche. Yeah. But, I don't know. I think there is, there's going to be a lot of cringy moments I'm on par with you though. Like I'm, I'm a little worried about that. So I don't think it's gonna hold up. I'm gonna take that stance as well. And I haven't seen it probably in twenty plus years. I would say the last time I watched it, I was a teenager, and I was probably getting ready to go see the second. The one. The second one. The sequel. What year did the second one come out? Like two thousand. I was gonna say ninety nine, but you were correct. Yeah, it was. Came out in two thousand. And it was incredibly less successful than the first one. It was still a profitable film, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But it only made 166 so it made about $100 million less than the first one. I think I might have saw the second one in, in theaters. 
I feel like the minute my brother got a driver's license, mm-hmm. I had more access to the town <laughs> that, that, that I lived in. I, I'm, I'm making fun of us because we'd be like, you want to go to town? And because we lived in a smaller area and going into the city, that's how we said, yeah, want to go to town? town? I know I saw the second one. I remember my oldest brother took me and my buddy to go see it. I think I would have been 16 that fall. So, yeah, we weren't driving yet. Yeah. Yeah. I I do want to congratulate you again on winning the poll. Two weeks in a row, folks. Yeah. If we win next week, meaning me, (laughs) we're on what is called a winning streak. (laughs) I'm so glad you defined that because I'm sure people don't know what a winning streak is. That is a direct... Uh, knockoff of major league oh <laughs> they won two games in a row and the coach is like if we win tomorrow we're on what is called a winning streak oh. we've been on one before let's try to do that <laughs> we'll see because i can't remember what next week is but i'm sure i don't know are people picking you to f- because they feel bad for you or are they picking it because the movie is probably better i think this is a situation where this movie resonated with more people than dr doolittle I guess. And maybe there was people that thought they were voting for the Robert Downey movie from January. <laughs> and they're like, mm, nope, not going to do it. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm proud of you for Thank winning you. again. Thank you. And if you guys don't know what we're talking about, it's our polls. We have them weekly on our Facebook, Twitter, and mostly our Instagram, except for this week, because you were off on Friday for the yes. holiday weekend. And I think that threw me off and I forgot what day it was. And, yeah. and then I was like, oh, I forgot to post the Instagram poll. So, sorry about that. We'll be back up next week. Yeah, and I'll be back up. And on Friday, everyone's going to have something to look forward to. Oh, yeah. Because we had, (laughs) we just recorded a brand new bonus sode. Yes. The 1995. Classic. Clueless. Clueless. Yes. Yes. So And it was a blast. Yeah, it's a good movie. And of course it's a good movie because we only pick good movies for our bonuses. And how do you get those bonus odes? You sign up for the Ruiners Club at our website at ruiningourchildhood.com mm-hmm. and click on the Join Our Fan Club yes. link. You describe it so much better than I do. I'm like, I just know. go to the website and you put in your email address. Go to the website <laughs> and it will just psychically know that you want to join the Ruiners <laughs> Club. I want to do something fun and special because we're going to be hitting our 60th episode today. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I think I'm going to do a contest. Okay. For, I'm just thinking this. No, <laughs> I've been talking about yes. this. A contest for our Runer Club listeners. So definitely join mm-hmm. the Runers Club to figure out how you could win a t-shirt. And we have to design that t-shirt still. Yes. Yes. I'm, no, I'm just going to get a t-shirt from our... Just go get them a, like a Hanes t-shirt. Yeah. Just plain black. And we'll send it to you. Yeah. We do have that Goonie shirt. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be a ruining our childhood t-shirt. We're still designing it. Mm-hmm. So I will let you know via our social media when that will be something. And also you'll get an email if you're part of the Ruiners Club. Yeah. Because we have your private information. Yeah. And we're selling it. <laughs> we're not selling it. Selling it to Russia. You heard it here. Right now, I know at least one person that's throwing away their computer. <laughs> like Ron Swanson. 
and he's he got his bacon from the ceiling boards and he's heading out yeah and you know that one person too. yes i do so we we hit all the marks right i'm not yeah, I think we doing did. very good today. we got one more though oh yeah where can you stream this bad boy thank you ryan mm-hmm. for asking so i don't have to awkwardly say it say it the mm. nutty professor is available to stream if you have the stars app subscription which we do mm-hmm. because we've been meaning to watch the newest season of outlander and i keep putting it off because i read a spoiler and i don't want to watch it but i will anyway stars it's also on crackle with ads okay and if you have direct tv i believe it's part of the on demand yeah oh, okay i really want to test that theory because i feel like there's a lot of movies that it's listed mm-hmm and I wonder if that's true. Somebody with DirecTV, tell us. Danny. <laughs> that's the only person I can think of that has yeah. DirecTV. Anyway, are we done? I think we are. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and hit the... Pausey pause. And go watch The Nutty Professor. Okay, bye. Okay, and we just finished watching The Nutty Professor. We're going to go ahead and go to head. <laughs> And we're going to go ahead and break down our movie with our categories, like we always do. And our first category is, well, hello there. Well, hello there. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie. And half the cast is played by Eddie Murphy. So, (laughs) it it was a relatively small cast compared to some of the movies we've done recently. Yes. Particularly the last one. Yes. I believe had 1,000 people. 1,000, I believe, yes. is the actual number. Yeah. It's a smaller cast. Much like smaller. Like you said, most of the characters are played by the same person. I think he plays six characters. He plays Lance Perkins, which is a Richard Simmons knockoff. He plays Sherman, who's the main nutty professor, and then his alter ego, Buddy Love. Yes. He also plays his father, Cletus, and his mother, Anna his brother Ernie, and his grandmother Ida May. Yes. That is a lot of acting he does. Correct. The first person I noticed mm-hmm. besides Eddie Murphy was Larry Miller, who plays Dean Richmond. He wasn't something we watched for the podcast, I want to say, and I just looked him up and I couldn't figure out which movie it was, but he has been in The Princess Diaries 10 Things I Hate About You, he played the dad. That's a big one And he's been in a from. bunch of other movies, but those are the two I remember him from. He played the hairdresser in The Princess Diaries. Oh, okay. Yeah, I definitely placed him as the father uh, from 10 Things About It. Uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, and those are words. Yeah. My first one, I don't even know if he has a line, but he plays a student in one of Sherman's classes, and it's Steve Monroe. Yes. Who we've talked about before on the podcast. The big thing we know him from is is being the E-string strangler on Veronica Mars. And then also playing Scott Proctor on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah. So he had to definitely have been in one of the movies, too. Yeah. That we did. He was. I don't know which one, though. Maybe yeah. um maybe American Pie or maybe. Can't Hardly Wait. One of those. It might have been Can't Hardly Wait. Yes, he sings, doesn't he sing Paradise City? Or is that Sherman that sings Paradise City? He starts it, and 
and then uh, he says, I tutor that guy. I know this song really well because he like passed out or something. Mm-hmm. I can't. It's we did can't hardly wait like episode five. Yes, maybe. So it's been a minute. <laughs> um, my next one was John Ailes. He plays Jason, who is basically Professor Clumps Sherman's, I guess, lab assistant. Yeah, that'd be the way I describe him. And he has been a f- in quite a few things, but the thing I recognized him from was the Fosters, mm-hmm. and he played just this coach of this robotics team that. One of the girls in the show was up against, and he was a big old jerk. <laughs> um, and then he's been in Euphoria on okay. HBO with uh, Zendaya and a couple other things, but mostly from the Fosters. Good on you for recognizing him, because yeah. I did not. I was just like, I don't know him. I'm really good with faces. <laughs> like, the minute I see somebody, I'm like, I've seen that person before in a show. And it's, like, really obscure that... He was literally in one episode of The Fosters. Yeah. But you were like, I know him. Yeah. You have like a good facial recognition. (laughs) My next one was Jada Pinkett. Yes. At the time was Jada Pinkett. Now Jada Pinkett Smith. She plays Carla Purdy, (laughs) who is Sherman's love interest. Yeah. And uh, Jada Pinkett Smith was in The Matrix and Girl Trip. And I think she was in Ali. Set it up. Set it up. Gotham. Yeah. She's been on a bunch of stuff. And obviously married to Will Smith. And she has a talk show with her family. They have a little talk show. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think it's just on Facebook. Oh, cool, cool. They do like a table thing. I've seen clips of episodes. This was the first thing I remember her from. Didn't she guest star on Fresh Prince? I know she auditioned to play Will's love interest. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I'm confusing her. But yeah, I think you might be onto something. This might have been the first movie I saw her in. And then I did watch Set It Up because En Vogue did the song. And, and Queen, Queen Latifah. Latifah. Yeah. 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 Ashley loves her some Queen Latifah. I do. Who was your next one? Dave Chappelle, uh, which I yes. totally forgot was in this movie. I don't know how you forgot he was in this movie. Well, because... I said earlier, I hadn't seen this movie in 20 years, and Dave Chappelle wasn't really on my radar mm-hmm. 20 years ago. I don't know if at this point, when did Half-Baked come out? That was like the first movie I saw him kind of in. I okay. think. And then he looks really different from how he looked in like You've Got Mail, which is a movie we just watched in February. Mm-hmm. He looks the same, but Dave Chappelle is now like in crazy good shape. Like yeah. He's very muscular. He- I, I think it's part of the character. He looks goofy. Like, he looks scrawny. Yeah, but he's supposed to be because it's supposed to be really easy for Buddy Love to make fun of this mm-hmm. guy. But he plays, I didn't say it, but he plays a comedian named Reggie we- Warrington. Warrington, yeah. And he makes fun of Sherman at the club that they go to called Scream. Yes. That was a devastating scene, man. I... I remember that scene from when I was a kid and thinking it was really horrible. Ugh, the look on his face when he was calculating the fact that this comedian is going to go down the line and he's going to eventually head to their table and make fun of him. Mm-hmm. Is he's like, why would anybody make fun of Jada Pinkett Smith, who is gorgeous? Yeah. And he starts getting up, but he has this like look of panic in his eyes. And that's just like really relatable in the sense that you're like, I just, I don't want to be here. I'm scared. I need to get out of here. Yeah, he was, he was just a terrible, 
Like everything bad you could think of when you think of a comic. Yeah. Well, it, I think it's written that way. Well, I just think when we went to a comedy festival and Jeff Ross is, was there. Yeah. And Jeff Ross is an insult comic and that's what he does. But he asked for volunteers right. to come up there and he was like, I'm going to riff on you like and went around and then I remember a guy in a wheelchair raised his hand and Jeff Ross brought him up there and he was just like I can't make fun of you yeah but Dave Chappelle wasn't that like he was like a generic comic yes and he wasn't witty and then but it kind of comes back around to when Buddy Love goes to the same club with Carla and he realizes like the jokes they're really obvious and easy low picking fruit of jokes yes. right so that's why he starts you know laughing so loud to the point where it's obnoxious and then he turns it around on him which was always one of my favorite scenes yeah he does uh yeah it's the only time buddy love is i guess likable yeah yeah because he's kind of a dick because no he just goes down and he yeah. it's supposed to be he's supposed to be the villain yeah so what was your next one my next one it's extremely brief and he, uh, Buddy's just flipping through the channels late at night, and there's an infomercial for the Thighmaster, and it's Suzanne Summers yeah. doing her Thighmaster thing. She was on Three's Company and Step by Step. Yeah. That's a big one I remember her from. She had an autobiography come out in the last couple months. Oh, okay. And by the last couple months, I mean uh, maybe January. Oh. <laughs> I was just trying to think the last time I... 2020 is just a blur. Yeah. No one blames you. My next one was John Prosky. He played one of the doctors in Sherman's Nightmare. So Sherman has a nightmare that he is in a ER room. Mm-hmm. And I just said ER room. Emergency room room. He was in an E room. <laughs> and and the doctors are trying to do surgery on him because he's getting too fat. Like he's expanding. And one of the doctors was... John Prosky, and he is from True Blood. He plays the... I think he was in another movie we watched because I remember putting his name down for a different movie that we watched for the podcast, but he was in True Blood. He played the, like, councilman that Lafayette was sleeping with in, like, the first season. Mm -hmm. And then he was in Scandal and and The Fosters, too. Ah, So Bringing it back to The Fosters. Yeah. (laughs) I love that show. Yes. Who was your next one? My next one was James Corburn. Mm Mm-hmm. And he plays Harlan Hartley, who is a a big money donor. Yeah, for the alumni. School. Yeah. And big thing that I remember him from was The Great Escape. Yes. And then also I looked it up. He does the voice of Mr. Waternoose in Monsters, Inc. Yeah. He passed away, I think, in 2002, though. Mm-hmm. But I did see that. And he was also in The Magnificent Seven. Oh, okay. Uh, the original, not the yeah. one with obviously chris pratt and then denzel washington wasn't that i believe so i never watched it and he would have been dead (laughs) yes Yes. that's very true very true but you know technology you know i mean they did bring carrie fisher back in the star wars movie am i right spoiler alert (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) Uh, did you have anybody else nope let's move it along okay The next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens, where we talk about fashion, offensive jokes, or dated references. What did you think about the fashion? I 
I really didn't have any issue with like what Sherman was wearing or Buddy Love at some point. Like Buddy Love was wearing like a real nice red pinstripe suit. Yeah. Which it was like fire truck red, but yeah. he still pulls it off because I the thing that I thought of was Eddie Murphy in Raw. Yeah. When he wears the red leather jacket. It's good and red. He does. But it, it was nothing too crazy over the top for me. I felt like Sherman's clothing was like your classic professor. He wore a bow tie. Mm-hmm. It, it, it didn't look like dated. Some of Carla's clothes looked a little dated. She wore a lot of like pantsuits and pants, like uh, two piece skirt combos that were yeah. really 90s. Better than that, yeah. I did like the hat that Dave Chappelle's character wore. It reminded me of the Dr. Seuss hats, but yeah. it was a little shorter. Mm-hmm. It was like a top hat. Yeah. And then I did like when he took it off and revealed his dreadlocks, which Buddy Love promptly calls, I've heard of dreadlocks, but those look like shit locks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like, get that shit off, the, off your head. <laughs> uh, that's great. What about any offensive jokes or dated references? Where do I begin? <laughs> there was a ton of offensive fat jokes. Yes. That which are mean. not surprising. No. I will say as far as dated references, there's the scene where they're uh, Sherman's family's eating dinner and they start talking about talk show hosts. Yes. And they mention... Montel Williams, Jenny Jones, Letterman, Leno, Ricky Lake, Maury Povich, and of course, Grandma goes off about Mike Douglas. None of those people, I think, have a TV show or have a talk show anymore. That's true. They did talk about Oprah because they were talking about weight loss and Mm -hmm. because Sherman didn't want to eat or he was eating very daintily, I would say. Yeah. And to the point where there's a scene where he like puts a little bit of salt on something. It was just like so funny. But yeah, so they're talking about how like Oprah shouldn't be losing weight, and and then yeah, I'm pretty sure the grandma just starts naming all the TV shows. She's <laughs> like, randomly. oh, Mike Douglas. Yeah. Like, oh god. Uh, well, we did kind of mention, or you did mention Suzanne Summers in the commercials. Like, I thought like he was flipping through commercials, and it was so many '90s weight loss commercials. It was probably like I know like the peak of weight loss and going to the gym like was the 80s but i think it extended into the 90s mm-hmm. where people were obsessed with it because it went from like you should be healthy and i'm using air quotes because it was all about like low fat eating like snack well cookies to yeah to um you know going to that heroin chic look if you're a woman mm-hmm. and men it was all about being either really slim or really muscular yeah so that's just something that our country still has an obsession with like i think of all the different fads that have come and gone like the the atkins diet yeah i remember dr phil had one at one time yeah and nutrisystem oh yeah i mean those are still around yeah like we always our country's always moving to whatever the next one is where it's gonna be little effort and you're gonna lose weight yeah yeah it's not it's not that easy otherwise every single person will be walking around with a six pack. Yeah. What what else did you have in this category? Just the the sheer volume of fat jokes. Yeah. Like we mentioned Reggie when he just goes down the line of just insulting people and then he got to Sherman and, you know, does the you have more crack than Harlem. It was like all these 
terrible cliche jokes. Oh, yeah, because yeah. he's not that great of a comic. No, no. But he was on Deaf Comedy Jam. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't have a ton of offensive jokes. If you can get past the... There was a lot of fat jokes. There was, but it, I felt like it was concentrated with the scenes with Dave Chappelle's character and then the Dean was equally as bad with making Sherman feel like shit for being bigger. Yeah. He, at one point, says, go back to planet fat or something like that, like when he fires him because Buddy Love essentially takes his job. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he calls him like chubby and all this stuff. And But I think a lot of the jokes have to more to do with like how Sherman views himself mm -hmm. as a bigger person. So I think it could have been worse. But yeah. there was parts that were were super bad, but we still live in this society where we where people feel like it's cool to dehumanize people who are overweight or mm -hmm. bigger, and then they really don't like when people start liking themselves regardless of their size. The internet hates it. How dare you be proud yeah, of your body, proud of yourself, <laughs> and positive about yourself? How yeah. dare you? It's because everybody else hates themselves, so they need to like deflect on other people. I got really d deep with that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. As far as references, the one thing that Buddy says to Reggie when he's being obnoxious and ruining a set is he's like, you're the next Lenny Bruce. Yeah. And yeah. I caught that. Yeah. Which was a interesting comic tale. Pick him. Just go with that. But also Lenny Bruce was a little edgy and he's like, yeah. Reggie's edgy and terrible. <laughs> yeah. Did you have anything else here? I, I don't. I, I have some. I got some for our next category. Okay. Hit us with the next category. Uh, we're going to go ahead and change the channel using the knobs on our old TV and talk about some technology. Uh, what pieces did you notice? Just uh, mostly like in his lab mm -hmm. where he is making a weight loss serum. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of bulky computers uh green and black screens so i never understood the green and black it was what they i don't know i know but i never understood why they didn't do like black and white maybe the green i guess was probably better for your eyes maybe yeah I'm not a big computer nerd no me i mean neither. a sense as the history of computers so i don't know yeah no the other thing that i noticed was just he had a really old looking ice box refrigerator <laughs> yeah which i was like hmm seems to like make decent money being a professor he should right. be able to have a, a better refrigerator but hey if it works don't replace it i guess that's true save you money um the only other thing i really wanted to talk about was the cgi at the end of the movie specifically when he's kind of fighting with himself mm -hmm. to suppress buddy and sherman it's going back and forth and at the very end when he starts kind of transforming back into sherman some of the CGI was a little grainy and not yeah. great, but other than that, it wasn't too bad. The only piece that I really thought looked kind of crappy and choppy was when he gets in the Dodge Viper and yeah. he's trying to mm -hmm. like bail with uh, his assistant. When he was driving backwards and stuff, like the actual driving scenes looked terrible. Yeah. I didn't think that would be something that they would struggle with as far as... Filming? Filming, yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. However they make these movies. What do they do? Magic. <laughs> did you have anything else here? I did not. I did I did like 
and we didn't say this in the cameo, but at the Scream Club, the first night he goes with Carla as Sherman, Montel Jordan is performing. Yes. So that's pretty sweet. If that's not 90s R&B right there. I think if I was making a movie, I would absolutely steer clear of having a musical act perform in the movie. Even if it was like somebody that's had like numerous hits? Yeah. Even if it was Madonna, I think I would steer clear of it because like at some point, like in Montel Jordan's case, he had one or two hits. Yeah. And he's not a huge name. Right. So I would... That's, that's, if I was making movies, little old Ryan over here who doesn't make movies, uh, I would do that. I mean, we've talked about numerous times when you get somebody that's like the it person or they have like a hit at the time, Mm -hmm. the music industry is not, it's similar to the movie industry. Like you're hot one minute, you're not the next. So it does date it. Especially in movies when you think it usually a movie's filmed about a year before it comes out or sometimes two years. So having Montel Jordan, he probably had a hit the previous year. Did you have anything else for this category? Shall we move on? We shall. The next category is called, is it even good? Where we dig for some plot holes. (laughs) And talk about the plot and funniest and cringiest moments of the movie. What did you think about the plot? I know you're gonna be like, it's not believable. The These part wi- that he like transfers different people. Yeah. But like I said, we're a society that is obsessed with our weight. Right. So the idea that this guy is coming up with a weight loss serum is totally believable to me. Th- that's believable. I also looked at it in the sense that he obviously is a bigger person. He doesn't feel great about himself because our world is really great about telling people that they should lose weight. They should look a certain way. We have high beauty standards. Yes. And he falls into those traps that he needs to be constantly dieting. He needs to be working out. And the only way he's ever going to be loved is if he looks like Buddy Love. Yeah. So that to me is... It's very true to how some people feel. Very true. Regardless if you're overweight or not, you know? Yeah. No, I I totally agree. Uh, What about plot holes? (laughs) The only thing I wrote down, apparently, was in the beginning of the movie, he's getting to the campus and there's just hamsters everywhere. But I didn't realize some of them were hamsters and some of them definitely look like rats. Ooh. There's a couple... Because they show... Like, just a montage of different areas of the campus that had hamsters crawling around. And I'm like, that's a rat. Yeah. I swear. The part I thought of was, like, I get he bumped a button and opened all the cages when yeah. he left. It made a pretty loud noise, so I think he would have noticed. Yeah, that's it, true. But I also thought he would have, like, closed a door behind him. So that's how did they true. all get out of the office? Yeah. That was... Good plot hole, Ryan. It just seems like he would have came in to literally hamsters and rats everywhere and can you imagine how many babies they would have made so many so many babies uh for me the one big plot hole and they kind of mention it he buys a dodge viper yeah and i was just like well why didn't you just rent it like i know he's like i'm gonna buy this car so i can impress carla so she'll like me because it's buddy and he's bad decision mcgrew but i'm like just rent it man and he also used the school's expense account yeah yeah 
which is a total dick move. But you come to find out, Buddy's not that great of a person. I'm pretty sure you would get fired. I am surprised he didn't because I felt like the dean was gunning to fire him. He didn't like him. No. From the get-go. Dean's a dick. He was. Um, I didn't really have... I'm sure there are actual plot holes, but I think overall it wasn't something I dwelled on or it wasn't stuff that I caught Mm -hmm. that annoyed me. So, yeah. Fair enough. What was your funniest line or moment? My... I love the scene where he's having dinner with his family, but specifically... When grandma starts challenging Cletus to a fight. Yes. And she just keeps saying, come on. And you walk over here, you're walking back with a limp. And she even threatened to like throw a knife at him. Yeah. And Cletus would just give it right back. But it's just funny to think of like an 85 or 90 year old woman just being so self-assured and like thinking she could whip I think it says her son-in-law's ass. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was her son-in-law or if it's her son. Yeah. I think it would be funny if it was her son. (laughs) (laughs) I did have some parts where grandma, especially when Cletus says, I would like to to volunteer to put this old bird out of her misery. (laughs) And then that's when it starts, like the talk, the shit talking, Mm -hmm. the talk shitting. (laughs) The talk shitting. The talk shitting. But I did like when Sherman first takes the serum and he gets really excited that, and he goes to the store and he's like, I need spandex. I need all, all the spandex. spandex. <laughs> and he is flexing the mirror so much that he almost gives himself like an aneurysm. And yeah. it was funny. That was, that was actually my second moment. Yeah. yeah. That's such a good one. Because uh, um, also, I if I ever got ripped like he did, I would do that. I'd be like, I'm just wearing spandex. That's all I'm going to do. Skin tight shirts. That's it. Yeah. And you're going to be like, Ryan, I'm not going in public with you. <laughs> Nobody wants to see your package. No. Um, what was your cringiest liner moment? You actually hit on it a little bit. The dean, he was so rude to Professor Klump. And it, it kind of all went into this one moment when he brings Sherman to his office and he's mad about the hamsters getting loose on campus. And he literally says, if I had a rifle, I would shoot you. And he called him a fat tub of goo. Yes. He was such a jerk. And then the icing on the cake, though, where you kind of are happy is one of the hamster shits in his coffee cup. Yes. So. That was mine, was him drinking the hamster poo coffee. Yeah. Um, but I also, I do like that you pointed out the dean threatening him because I'm like, Professor Klump has a a hostile work environment, like lawsuit on his hands, right? Yeah. Like he he could... He was such a dick to him. He, wa- he was. Yeah, I agree with you. Totally has that. Uh, totally has a lawsuit on his hands. I, I would like to point out that uh, w- when we started the movie, the first character we see is the Lance Perkins, who is the Richard Simmons type. I literally don't remember that Eddie Murphy played him. Which blew my mind. Because his impression of Richard Simmons is so well done, I yeah. thought, that I thought it was Richard Simmons. Oh, <laughs> uh, nope. Lance Perkins. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? I, just real briefly, and you caught it, is when Buddy buys the Dodge Viper, the thing, the camera pans down, and it shows the license plate, and he has a vanity plate that says penis car. And I was like, more like small penis car, because whenever I see a car like that, I assume the person has a small penis. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Sorry for anybody that owns really nice sports cars. I just 
We just assume you got a tiny wang. Yeah. Why else would you buy it? Yeah. Not that you're a fan of those cars. <laughs> uh, there was something else I wanted to talk about. I, I did want to talk about how the fact that the reason that Buddy Love acts the way he does is because he has such high testosterone mm-hmm. that it makes him almost like manic. But I just felt like he, like Eddie Murphy played him like he was just, he just did a bunch of coke. <laughs> Yeah. And he's just, especially like later in the movie, because he just keeps getting worse. Yes, because his testosterone levels are off the charts. Yeah. At, towards the very end. You're yeah. Like, oh, my God, he's going to die. His ego just keeps getting bigger. He just is going crazy. It was a a good idea to include that tidbit of information because it explains the, or helps explain the downward spiral that he goes through. Yeah. Where he's on a date with Carla and he's hitting on other women. Yes. And... She's like, see you later. And he does not give a crap. Right. So. And he still thinks he has a chance with her. Oh, yeah. Well, because he's, he's the man. Yeah, that's true. I did love when he sends her a card and he's like, here's a wallet-sized photo of, my, of me for your enjoyment. And it's just Eddie Murphy with the biggest smile you've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. And as I pointed out when that happened, I was like, when did he have time to get... <laughs> <laughs> Go get professionally done photos? Yeah. yeah. Uh I think I'm I'm good to go. I think we talked about all the things that I wanted to talk about. If you want to hit hit us with some awards, yeah, that thing. As always, it is award season here on Ruining Our Childhood. We give out two awards every week. The first of which is the valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Whom did you give your award to? Like we said earlier, the cast isn't very big. Um, So I ended up giving it to Jason, Mm -hmm. uh, John Ailes, mostly just for the scene where he is at the Scream Club, too, and he thinks that Sherman's credit card has been stolen. Yeah. Because he sees Buddy Love leaving the club, Mm -hmm. and he thinks he stole his identity or something. So he follows him, and then when uh, he's changing back into Sherman... He realizes he's like screaming in the car. He's in the car while they're crashing and stuff. And he's just like, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. He just keeps saying, oh, man. Yeah. And and there's just parts where he just kept getting punched in the face by Buddy Love. Like, don't get that close to him anymore. Just write down the license plate. It's not hard to remember. Yeah. It's literally penis car. No, you're going to go confront the guy you think that stole a credit card. Right. And just like every single time Buddy bested him, he punched him in the face. <laughs> and it was just like, eventually you shouldn't even be in arm's length of this guy who keeps punching you in the face and running away. Yeah. I thought all the other characters served a better purpose, I guess. Yeah, so. I agree. I, I did give mine to someone else, but I do not disagree with your choice. I gave it to Larry Miller as Dean Richmond. It wasn't that his acting was bad which is the implication of our award, he was just the worst. They have an alumni ball and he's greeting people when he's when they're walking through and he's like asking an old lady, like uh, says to her husband, when did you marry Sharon Stone? And then he's like, keep your legs crossed. I'm like, you're, you're just I gross. guess that's also a reference we missed. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I missed that. But yeah, but I can see it. The hostile work environment, I think, is probably the thing that was the most triggering because i've worked in hostile work environments yes my boss didn't threaten to kill me (laughs) to your face that's true 
but they made life hell. It's almost just like, why why do you hate Sherman so much? Yeah. By all accounts, he's a very nice man. He's very brilliant. Mm-hmm. He's good at his job. I mean, he's a little clumsy because he's fat. Yeah. And, and I'm using air quotes in that because that's kind of how they portray him. Like, he doesn't know to stand a foot away from the chalkboard. When you're overweight, you avoid certain situations mm-hmm. because you know your weight could be a, a, a factor, like going to a crowded club. You would adjust to a lot of those things that they put him in. Like, the way they wrote it was like he somehow just learned that he's fat and he's, you know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's a good point. Like like when you said earlier, when he flipped the switch. Yeah. Which it's it doesn't seem believable in the first place, but the second place, like he would know where the switch is because that's his lab. Yeah. And he would he would avoid it because I'm sure that's not the first time that's happened. No. Also. And you bring up a very good point when because we we both struggled with our weight. Yeah. You're aware of your radius. Yeah. And how big you are. Yeah. Or you become aware of it. And he's clearly aware of it. He didn't just become overweight. Yeah. yeah. So, but b- back to the dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's a douche. Total. <laughs> In summation, he's a douche. <laughs> uh, you want to move on to the next award? Yes. The next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Who did you give yours to? I gave it to Eddie Murphy. He obviously played, like we mentioned, a lot of the characters in this movie, but specifically for when he plays the grandmother, because I think if you showed this to a person who had never heard of this movie, they wouldn't think that was Eddie Murphy. That's true. He does such a good job throwing his voice for all the different characters. He was just fantastic in it. I think the makeup that they did for his mom yeah, was really good. And you know what it is, I think? Because she didn't have wrinkles. Mm-hmm. I think on the the dad and the grandma, she had they had wrinkles, and I think maybe that's harder to fabricate. Yeah, but I thought like his mom didn't look like Eddie Murphy no. at all, and then his I guess voice for her was perfectly fine too. I think the only one that I felt kind of looked like him was his dad. Yeah, his brother didn't really look like him. Grandma, mom. I also gave it to him. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it was, was no contest. Yeah. He does such a good job as in this like endearing, kind person as Sherman. Mm-hmm. And then this over the top egomaniac buddy. Yes. And then he does really good. And gra- the grandma was my favorite character. <laughs> Grandma's the best. I mean, there's a reason why they made a sequel and it centers more around his family because that was a big part of the movie that people liked. Yeah. So... And that's that's a good point, because when you watch this, there's essentially two dinner scenes with them. Yeah, they're not in a no. large part of the movie, if you think about it. There is the alumni ball, which his parents are at, Yeah, which was pretty funny, because his mom and dad are ready to fight to defend him, and he's like, I'm glad I brought my knife, and his mom's like, I got my razor. <laughs> they're ready to go. Yeah. Mm. Um, I did like when Carla comes over for dinner, and Grandma's talking to her, and she's like... Can you say you can wear a wet, white wedding dress? <laughs> yeah, I, I have a like wedding dress. You can borrow it. something an older person would say. Totally. And then she did drop in. I mean, Sherman can wear a white tuxedo because he's never had relations. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, grandma's top notch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so now I guess we can answer the question. 
does this movie hold up and what do you think i honestly think if you if you accept that this movie is going to have fat jokes yes it's a really good movie i agree the prosthetics that he wears look fantastic and i did see the makeup artist from this movie won the academy award that year for it eddie murphy was nominated for a golden globe he didn't win though it's classic eddie murphy yeah and it was really fun i think if this movie was made today what was i saying earlier about it you said you you could have two people play him yes because my whole concept is that being in a fat suit is kind of a first of all it's an overdone trope second of all it's kind of offensive to people that are bigger but I do think this movie, the reason I think it holds up is because it does humanize him as a bigger person. And at the end, he learns that it doesn't matter. And yeah. to be honest with you, Carla was into him mm-hmm. the minute they met. It's just he let his own head get in the way. Yeah. His own doubts of himself. So I think him learning that he can be loved no matter what size he is 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 the biggest takeaway and i think that's a good message but i just think that you can tell this movie was written by somebody that's probably never struggles with weight though because they made some jokes that weren't great and a lot of the villains were saying the most heinous jokes Mm -hmm. like buddy made fun of him the dean made fun of him but just even the the situations he found himself in i thought weren't very I guess, friendly to people that are bigger. Yeah. But I think overall, I think the message, the intention was good. Yeah. And the message was good. Very much so. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to do the sequel at one point because I... I don't think it's going to have the same heart to it. I've only seen it one time. I remember the sequel thinking the one thing that I, when I left going, why wasn't Shade of Pink in it? I guess it's weird because they don't really end it on a kiss or anything. Mm-mm. It's just like... Maybe it's more plutonic. Yeah, they were like dancing and having a good time. And yeah. I also felt like because we've hit this this trope before, but like, I guess we kind of discussed in the Billy Madison episode where it was like the man child and the woman that wants to solve it, where it's like the opposite of like, this guy was really great. Mm -hmm. He was nice. He was respectful. He has a great job. Yeah. (laughs) He's really smart. And he does deserve the girl in the end. Yeah. Good point. You know? Yeah. I don't know. That's just me, though. I enjoyed it, though. I, I did. I did. I laughed a lot. Took me back to being 12-year-old Ryan. Yeah. What are What is our poll for this week? I don't know if we have a particular theme. Mm-hmm. I guess. Ooh, I think I thought of one. The theme this week is shitty parents. The first choice is Matilda. Okay. And the second choice is Parent Trap. The Lindsay Lohan version. I was going to say, the 1998 version with Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Who are you going to throw your hat behind? I'm going to throw my hat behind The Parent Trap because I saw it in theaters. Okay. I don't know how, but Disney sent me free passes for like an advanced screening. Fancy. Yeah. So I got to go see an advanced screening, but my brother's got to go see Armageddon. I was a little jelly of that, to be honest. (laughs) Your little peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. That's fine, because I definitely loved Matilda as a book and a movie, so that sounds fine. Yeah. So you guys get to choose. We'll have that poll up on Wednesday on Facebook and Twitter, 
And then it'll be on Instagram on Friday. We'll actually put it up this week. Probably. Fingers crossed. Yeah. But thanks for listening, guys. We hope you had a fine time. And check out Clueless Friday, Ruiners Club. Yeah. And if you need to sign up, I, again, ruiningourchildhood.com. Join the fan club. Join the fan club. Boom. Put your email in and you'll get an email with a special password. And then we're you'll get an email about a t-shirt. Yeah. Way to sell it, Ashley. You'll get an email about a t-shirt. Get an email about a ruining our childhood t-shirt. What am I, Ryan? With the vagueness? Vagueness. Just kidding, Ryan. I know. Okay, bye. Bye.